You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Mike Malloy, and I'm here with an old friend <laughs> and a familiar voice whom you probably heard if you listen to the Mass. Andy Shaw. Well, good morning, Father. It's so great to be with you and uh, and, and to celebrate Mass with you. Yep, that was a, that was a, a, a wonderful moment. So we're grateful for all of you. Um, you know, we um, have decided, or Real Presence Radio has decided to televise the Mass at the beginning of each of the shows. So it'll be 8 or 9 o'clock, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, and, you know, people can look at it live at that point. It'll be on Facebook as well as on the radio. They can listen to it, or they can also um, uh, look at it later because um, we tape everything, so that right. would be a possibility, too, as we move forward. So You know, I really love, Father, what uh, the Diocese of Rapid City put out on the website about a spiritual communion Yeah, and, and how important that is. And Because I think um, many people, I know I am included in that, I'm craving Jesus, yeah. you know, and I, and I miss the Mass, uh, and I miss the Eucharist a lot. Okay. And the spiritual communion, this concept of um, we can still be with Jesus. Yep. And, and, and I appreciate that very much. And, of course, I'm not in the same situation you are, but, but I, am, I'm, I am also missing the people being present in the celebration of the Mass. You know, and, and I think it's important for us to, to understand the fullness of what it is that we teach about the celebration of the Mass. You know, that um, you and I as Catholics are obliged to offer the sacrifice of the Mass. We are not obliged to go to communion. Now, I know communion is very, very important, mm-hmm. but I think it's important for us to appreciate that, that w- what happens in the Mass is we join ourselves to the sacrifice of Jesus, which is eternal. Jesus is forever offering himself to God the Father and, and for always eternally receiving life back. And so when we celebrate the Mass, we join that sacrifice. And that is, that's, that's at the heart of what the Mass is all about. The Eucharistic prayer, um, as the general instruction about the Eucharistic prayer says that, that in the celebration of the Eucharistic prayer, we learn to join ourselves to Christ. So the communion becomes, becomes um, if you will, that privilege that we have because of that life that God has given back to us and that Jesus enabled for, uh, for us in the institution of the Eucharist. But, uh, but in, in these t- difficult times right now, it's so important for us to to know that we can always join the sacrifice of Jesus, and you know, and it's not ideal and it's not perfect to do it online, right? But we can, we certainly can, um, just like you know, if you if you listen to the mass, if you, you know, it's, in the in the past when people would listen to the mass or Sita, you know, we can join that sacrifice of Jesus, and we can do that in in the whole of our lives and everything that we do, and then we can we can see this time as fasting in anticipation of the reception of Jesus in communion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just think that's so important because I think, it's, I think it's easy for us to get caught up in the what I don't have right, and what I'm missing, as you said, and I think other people are experiencing the same thing, so am I. And it, as, as real as that is, and as much as we have to attend to that and, and be honest about that, we also need to realize that there's so much that we do have, and there's so many ways that we can touch and interact with the Lord. There's so many ways that we can celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus. And, and in that sense, to see this as a time of fasting, of anticipation for something more, the anticipation of the of the return to the celebration of the Mass in the fullest way possible. 
Right, and, and in a lot of ways, we've been given the gift of time um, to anticipate and to appreciate um, what we do have uh, by recognizing what we don't have right now, that opportunity to attend Mass uh, with with people and be surrounded with people. Um, but I, I think the other day when I was watching Sunday morning Masses, um, I caught myself going to, to several, watching several, to see how they were done. And I started thinking maybe more and more people are actually seeing it this way and are anticipating going in person when we do get that clearance. That's a great, a great option, a great option, great possibility. So, um, you're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Mike Maloney, Andy Shaw. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to take a short break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. As we continue to face new challenges each day, we at Real Presence Radio want you to know we're here for you. We're excited to announce that Monday through Friday from 9 to 9.30 a.m. Central during Real Presence Live, we'll bring you a daily Mass celebrated by one of our local clergy members. Listen to it on air or watch it on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. We know the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, which is why we want to bring Jesus to you spiritually Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. during Real Presence Live. Be sure to tune in. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning once again. Welcome to Real Presence Live. This is Father Mike Malloy and I'm here with Andy Shaw. We're actually sitting in the middle of my living room, interestingly enough, because we have a chapel here and it worked best for us to do this here. So, um... It was an easy commute for me today, not so much for Andy. And we also have Karen Gibas here with us, who works for Real Presence Radio in our area. And uh, so we're we're delighted to be with you and and enjoy this time together. Um, And keeping our social distancing. And keeping our social distancing, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, as we have progressed into this, I've thought, you know, there's a a wisdom in that. Uh, There's a lot of medical people. There's a lot of... um, of uh, government uh, people who are who are really trying to monitor all this and do the best thing that's possible and of course you know we, we never know until hindsight whether some of these things that we're doing are mm-hmm. beneficial or not but um, you know there's a blessing in saying we're making the, the best effort that we can with the best knowledge that we have right now right and so it's important for us to not poo-poo or, or disregard those things but really take them seriously and say well you know what have I got to lose you know and something pretty big, yes. uh, you know, the, the consequences could be, and, and we're learning each day, um, you know, I'm fascinated to, to read each day's updates, yeah. not just here in, in South Dakota, but across our nation and across the world. And, and they're starting to tie in some parallels from Italy and, 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 and China yeah. um, <clears throat> to what we're seeing. And so, um, you know, you look at the alternative and 
Um, you know, I think this is a chance to, uh, as you and I have talked, and, and as I wrote, was, this is a chance to, to rest and, and spend more time with Jesus. Yes. It's not a bad option. Well, and, and I think it's a beautiful opportunity for people, you know, husbands and wives, families, um, t- to spend time with each other. So, and of course, there's all kinds of measures we've been taking um, mm-hmm. to, to deal with those. And, and, and we have the privilege now of visiting with the Bishop of Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, Bishop Steve Beagler. Bishop, are you there? Yes, I'm on the line. It is great to have you with us. Great um, to be here. You today. bet. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about some of the... Um, you know, trying to encourage people to be responsive um, to the various directives that are going on regarding the uh, our, our efforts to take precautions against the coronavirus. Um, what are what are you doing in your diocese in that regard, Bishop? Yeah. So on um, Friday, we sent out a letter that outlined a number of um, measures that we've taken. Obviously, uh, maybe. A lot of that's known already, but anyway, we've we've ceased masses for now. Uh, ceased all public masses. We have actually suspended um, baptisms, reconciliation, and anointing of the sick, except for serious illness and danger of death. Um, ceased holy communion for the sick and homebound, except in danger of death. You know, we're looking at confirmations will be coming up shortly, or at least they were scheduled to happen shortly after Easter. Uh, it seems likely that they will be postponed until the health crisis is over. For sure they will be. So, you know, just I think a lot of the same things that many other places are doing, maybe a little little change in how that happens here versus different places. The only thing we're doing for funerals is we're doing uh, <clears throat> a, uh, the rite of burial for the immediate family. And then we would offer them the opportunity for a, a memorial mass at a later date. Um, and at this point, it seems most likely that the liturgies for Holy Week, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, Easter Sunday, will not be happening pri- publicly either. We're, so our directive says that there could be a maximum of 10 people there. And weddings... Um, we're saying just under under urgent circumstances, matrimony without a mass may be celebrated with a maximum of ten people. So those are that's kind of a quick summary of the things we've done. And you're right, Bishop. That's um, very similar to what we're doing here in this diocese, and what I've of course heard throughout our, our listening area. So, you know, so we go through this this first Sunday without public mass, um, and I'm sure many people are, um, you know. Suffering from that, to put it, I guess, in a, in a simple way, that you know the struggle of all that. So, what kind of encouragement um, would you give to your own people in in the diocese of Cheyenne and for our listening area in terms of this journey into the desert that we're going through right now? Yeah, and that's that's exactly how I began that letter um, on Friday, really calling it a journey in the desert, which which. Um, I mean, one of the images for me, biblically, the journey in the desert was always a journey that at least they looked back upon as a profound time of experiencing God's presence. When they were in the middle of it, I don't think maybe they would have described it uh, in such uh, beautiful terms, but they, we know that the people of Israel looked back at that journey in the desert as a time of profound communion, but also profound weakness and, and dependence upon God. And then biblically... 
in years after that, the prophets would talk about going to the desert as a place of experiencing a renewal of God's love. Mm-hmm. I know I, that's hard for people to hear at this time, but I, I really believe that there's going there are great graces that will accompany this time. You know, I, I've I've heard the expression um, said by others that this is a genuine time of fast. I mean, normally think of fasting as fasting from food or you know something else, and um, to really see this as a time of fast, I think is a is another great image that we can that makes sense to us because it, we do have some experience of, of fasting. Um, can you talk a little bit more, Bishop, about um, the hope and trust in the Lord that, that we're really invited to grow in versus the panic and the fear and, and the despair? Yeah, you know, I we published, I mean, I was, I made available masses in English and Spanish this weekend. And in those, in my homily, I talked about my own, at times, um, finding myself in a place of anxiety. Um, I think that's natural, that everyone would experience some anxiety because of the uncertainty, because of we're kind of in uncharted waters. And yet I talked about, I mean, I, I find that for myself, that's a great invitation to prayer. It's a great invitation to stay close to God. And uh, the image, I think, that's important, as I reflected on this, you know, we're fasting, especially there's a a fasting from the Eucharist. And people would feel, some would describe themselves being deprived of Eucharist. I would remind them that there's a sacrament of which you and I can never be deprived, and that's baptism. That the living water of baptism flows deep within us, we say through baptism we're clothed with Christ, and even more that we've been inserted into Christ. Paul says we live in him, and he lives in us. And I think it's a time, I'm not sure how well at least Catholics understand the grace and the gift of their baptism. I think it's a time to wake up to that baptismal grace, and to really truly live that, that baptismal grace well, and to trust in it, to trust that, you know, I, I, I like... Anthony DeMello, who said, because of our baptism, we have a right to speak to God face-to-face. We've been gifted with the same relationship with our Lord, with the Heavenly Father, just the the same relationship Jesus had with his Father. We are God's adopted children. I mean, we have to reach deep down now and and, um, experience that. I guess the other image I would give people, and it's something I've experienced in my life, is sometimes when we're lonely or sometimes when we're feeling burdened, which many people are right now, I found it helpful in those times to turn outward, to reach out toward others. And there's a a sense of the spirit that comes with that outreach to others of being selfless. It's really how Jesus lived. And I, can, I would say even this, it can be a form of Eucharist today. It can be a form of being filled with God's presence. Um, Jesus spoke about that two Sundays ago when he said, you know, the disciples came back, he's speaking with the Samaritan woman, they said, well, Master, eat, and he says, I have food of which you do not know. And he's just, he's just fed this woman um, with his own presence, with that life-giving water. And that's what, that's what fed him with 
God's um, own life. And uh, I just think that that's a form of Eucharist for us. You know, Bishop, it's really wonderful to hear you say those things because what's happened to me over the course of the next last couple of days is I, I find myself thinking about friends and other people that are, have been part of my life and just reaching out with a phone call and saying, how are you doing? And having a, you know, a, a brief conversation is, is, uh, is genuinely uplifting. It, that, you know, although we're not talking to each other, um, there is, or excuse me, we're not physically present to each other. We're talking and we're sharing. I had a friend of mine call from Seattle, um, Washington, um, who said, <laughs> hi, just checking in to see how you're doing. You know, I hadn't talked to him for six months, and it was a, it was truly a, 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 a gift. So I really appreciate what you're saying. Um, you're listening to um, uh, Bishop uh, Steve Beagler from the Diocese of Cheyenne. This is Father Mike Malloy, along here with Andy Shaw on Real Presence Live, and we're having a conversation about how we live through this desert time in our lives. Um, Bishop, the solemnity of the Annunciation is coming up in a couple of days. And we hear this powerful message from um, Gabriel to Mary that says, do not be afraid. Obviously, she was walking into totally uncharted waters and wasn't sure what it would mean, wasn't sure of, of what this whole experience of becoming pregnant with the Son of God would mean. How can that message be something that we take into our lives today um, as we get close to that, uh, that solemnity? Yeah, I've been reflecting on Mary's own experience myself recently, and one of the images for me that came to mind is she's really a nobody. She's young at that moment, very young at a, in a culture that revered the elderly. Um, she's a woman in a culture that would have revered men above women. She has no children. She's not married in a culture that, you know, that, that was so important for them. She's a nobody. She's in she's in little Nazareth. That's really considered the sticks. I think it's a reminder for us of God coming coming to the the little people, coming to those who are weak and dependent, um, using them for to bring His presence more alive in the world. That we always say the mystery of Mary is the mystery for the church. I don't know, I just think there's a, a beautiful kind of um, metaphor in her life of how she lived that faith and God's presence alive in her simply by trusting. And what always strikes me at the end of that story is, you know, the angel says, your cousin Elizabeth is already six months pregnant, for nothing is impossible with God. And that phrase, nothing is impossible with God, was the phrase, that Abraham and Sarah heard when they were still not, still without children. And she's now being reminded of not just Elizabeth's experience, but she's being reminded of the powerful things God did to the weak and um, the, the empty and the barren. And throughout history, throughout their, their own Jewish experience, sometimes we need to reach back and remember those stories. And, and, and let them engender a renewed faith for ourselves. Yeah, that, that, was, that was beautiful to hear, mm -hmm. your, that reflection. Uh, I've often thought about um, the line, uh, I think it was Eugene Leverdier said that, you know, that in the gospel story of the Annunciation, he has to tell us Mary's name 
reinforcing what you just said, Steve, about she really, at that point in her life, had no status, no, um, she was somebody waiting yet to become who she was called to be, and they had to say her name because, um, as, a, as a way of saying, well, by the way, um, she's a person and she has a name, mm -hmm. and her name is Mary, and I th I've always thought that was a powerful way of talking about how, how Mary, in her lowliness, true lowliness, was called by God to do this extraordinary thing. So, uh, beautiful reflection for that. So, um, can you talk to me more about um, what are some of the, uh, what are some of the things that faithful can do to remain close to God? You know, those of us who probably consider ourselves lowly and small out here in the middle of the of the western part of the, uh, the west of the United States, how, how can we draw close to God in this this difficult time that we're in? What are some thoughts you have about that? Well, I think, first of all, you know, I just mentioned sometimes we need to remember those stories. It's a great time to be, stay close to Scripture, to reread those stories. Um, maybe they just take... Uh, you can reread Exodus in these days, which is a, the desert journey. Um, but you can go any place in the Scriptures. I would say stay especially close to the Gospel and maybe the daily readings. We're, we're trying to provide on our website... Uh, for sure, on Sunday, some some resources for people to reflect on the Sunday readings. Um, I know there are a lot of masses being live streamed, which which is helpful for people. But sometimes we can get a little bit too much into a um, maybe an audience as a uh, maybe as a spectator or an audience perspective there, versus really engaging that baptismal uh, spirit that's in us and wanting us to really listen to the Lord, to let the Lord speak to us personally, to... Anyway, going back to those stories, I think, are important. Obviously, some of our devotions are great at this time. I, I'm trying to be more faithful and just praying the rosary every day for everyone. Um, obviously, people can pick up the Stations of the Cross, which are a beautiful reflection of Jesus' own faithfulness, Jesus' own trusting as he looks his own passion in the in the face, and he's trusting in the Father, and it's a great image, I think, for us. I've always found the stations, instead of a reflection on just on agony, on his trust and on the beauty of his that love that he has with the Father and trust with the Father. And, you know, we have so so we have devotions. I, I would look particularly, I guess, at this point to the scriptures. Those are wonderful, wonderful thoughts. Again, Bishop, um, you know, I, Father, or Andy and I have talked about, you know, we we find ourselves at home. We find ourselves um, more confined, uh, more separated from one another. And the danger is to take this and just fill it up with movies or watching the computer or surfing the net or doing all those kind of things. Instead of, as you suggested very powerfully, take some time to sit in the quiet, um, to you know, pray the rosary maybe as a family. I, I, as you were talking, I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if a husband and wife would read those stories of the scriptures to each other, or perhaps um, as parents would read those stories to their children. And if you have children's Bibles, to to read them in a way that little kids could understand. But to really to take that time to be present and to to slow down, to stop moving to stop being in such a hurry. Um, I think that's that's really powerful. Um, listen to the Mass and then 
turn off the computer, turn off the TV, and reflect more deeply on the reading. So I think those are w wonderful thoughts and wonderful ideas um, uh, that were, are coming from you, Bishop, which doesn't surprise me because I know you. <laughs> so, Bishop, it's well, yesterday, yesterday I was out for a, a little walk myself. There's a park, you know, 10 minutes away, and there are a number of families in the park uh, walking together. I would mm -hmm. say God always uses these moments. One of the ways God can use these moments is families simply take this time now to really be family, um, whether it's praying together or just being with one another in a beautiful way. Um, I just, you know, I was thinking of that yesterday. I was out walking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I think all this is important for us to hear because I think the kind of an undercurrent or an undertone that's I'm hearing surfaces, you know, that somehow this is all being engineered by an evil force that wants us to, you know, to be separated from the mass. And, um, and what I hear you saying is completely the opposite, is saying, no, there's no force of evil that can ever take us away from our relationship with the Lord. And this is just an opportunity for us to, to rediscover that connection we have with the Lord through baptism and to rediscover our union with the Lord in, 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 in deep and profound ways. I mean, I have a lot of hope and confidence that in the end of this journey, we're going to say, as you said at the beginning of your comments, uh, Bishop, um, we're going to look back and say, this was a graced and a blessed time for us, even in the midst of the struggles and difficulties. Um, so, um, any last thoughts you have for us? Um, because you've given us a lot to reflect on. Anything else you want to share with us? Well, you know, one of the things I think that it's crucial at this moment is that each person, each person really understand that our actions affect the whole community around us. And so even if we feel we're not vulnerable, even if we feel we're bulletproof from this, we can still be carriers. I think we really need to live with a sense of, of, of concern for the other. I, I would call it solidarity for the others who are, who are going to be most affected, elderly, those with uh, weakened health conditions. We really need to think and act um, with, with a sense of the good for the other people around us, even yes. those we may not even know, but, but by our actions we may if we can, if we can be very conscious of that, uh, that's a great contribution we can make to the common good at this time. I, I would agree. It's, and it's a, it's a really heightened form of charity that I'm getting out of myself, and I'm not thinking about what I want, what I need, but I'm thinking about the other, and what is best for them. Um, so I mean, it's, it's a, it's a genuine practice of charity. And the other thing I think is important to say to people is, so we are not celebrating public mass right now. Um, to not look for ways to circumvent that, but as you said, in a solidarity and in a respect for, um, you know, the common good, to really um, honor that and look for these other ways in which we can grow in, in our relationship with the Lord. Um, I think that's so important so that we don't, we don't see ourselves as the exception and different, but we see ourselves as one with everybody else. Um, so... Yeah. Um, well, it's great to talk to you. Always good to talk to you. So, um, and stay well, because you're you're kind of you. you're, you're kind of getting up there into that at risk group. So, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, do want, I, I'm twenty eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, and I and I'm thirty two. But it's going to yeah. come sooner or later. So, um, God bless you, Bishop. It's good to talk to you. Um, take care, and we will stay in touch.
Thank you. Great to be with you today. Prayers for everybody out there listening. God thank bless. You. Thank you, Steve Bishop. See, I want to call him Steve because he's mm-hmm. been my friend. So that was a powerful. Um, that was a powerful reflection. So many great, great insights he offered. You know, and, and the, using this as an invitation to prayer and trust. The word trust came up an awful lot. Yes. And and, and I'm just sitting here listening to you both and and thinking. You know, this is this is a challenging time for priests too. Uh, it's always a challenging time because of what you are asked to do. Yes. But now this is a whole new concept that I don't believe probably was instructed in seminary. Right? <laughs> no, I, at least not in my time. Right. Um, and, and it has been longer than 38 years ago. Right. Um, so, but, no, it, but it's a new challenge to you. But yet, despite the challenges, d- despite the adversity, you still are drawn back. It sounds like from, from what the two of you were talking about was um, baptismal grace and trust and an invitation to pray. So despite what's going on now, you can still draw upon what you know the most and what we know the most. Absolutely, and to really, in a, in a deeper and more profound way, understand that as priests, we're called to pray for and to be present with our people to offer sacrifice for them. So it's not like I get to celebrate Mass and you don't. Mm-hmm. It is I am called to a much deeper understanding of my call to celebrate Mass for um everybody else and, and that's 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 a blessing so coming up next um is there a way to bypass the sensationalism of the media and find the information you actually need during the coronavirus outbreak and further what is the proper place for the media during this time um during times like this that's what andy and i will discuss when real presence lives continues in just a minute please stay tuned <laughs> 